Hi everyone, my name is Soko and you're listening to the In My Twenties podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to a new episode of the In My Twenties podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about imposter syndrome and how to deal with it. So for those of you who don't know, imposter syndrome is sort of a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persists despite evident success. This is according to the Harvard Business Review uh, magazine, and it sort of talks about how imposters, like me, suffer from chronic self-doubt and sense of intellectual fraudulence that override any feeling of success or external proof of their competence. So basically, imposter syndrome's... um, people that suffer from imposter syndrome sort of have these issues with um, the way they work and the value and their worth behind their their work. So um, imposter syndrome uh, was developed a long time ago, but there were a few psychologies, especially one called Clans in 1985, that developed this sort of imposter syndrome model that I want to debunk a little bit and tell you all about it so I can explain in further detail why I have imposter syndrome and how I sort of deal with it nowadays. So the model, it's a very easy model that explains how by giving achieving achievements are related tasks, you can go through different sort of feelings such as anxiety, self-doubt or worry. And depending on how you sort of tackle those feelings, you might uh, perceive fraud or you might perceive depression and anxiety. Those feelings that you might that might appear to you are um, self-doubt, worry, or anxiety. And you there's like sort of two ways uh, to tackle those. One is over-preparation, which is how I deal with imposter syndrome. And the other one is procrastination. So meaning that you don't do anything. What happens with these two aspects is that you can have a feeling of relief, but then you can also have a discount in positive feedback then you go into this sort of fraudulence uh, perspective when your brain is telling you that you're not good enough that you're not doing all the work that you should that why are you doing this because you shouldn't be here and once you achieve that task uh, being very worried and very complex you sort of uh, finish or close the cycle. This has happened in any sort of aspect in your life, whether it's personal, relationships, academic, university, professional, whatever it is, it can appear because self-doubt and worriness can appear at any stage of your life. For me, I realized that imposter syndrome was something that I was struggling with at school and then later on at university, but it wasn't until I was at university that I realized how bad it can get and also uh so there's so many ways that you can uh sort of deal with it or beat it if that if that's even possible so for me i started feeling uh imposter syndrome when i was at school um for those of you who don't know i did um international baccalaureate my last two years of high school and believe me it was hard it was very complex and I was taking classes both in English and Spanish and I did like biology classes and, and chemistry classes which for me were very very hard and then at the end it wasn't uh, the path that I took for university because for those of you don't, who don't know I studied international relations so it's much more of a humanities aspect um, so it was really hard and I always felt like I was a bit of a fraud because I wasn't really doing what I was supposed to do um, and I wasn't as good as other people so that kind of made me self-doubt my worthiness the way I studied um, so I obviously tried to over prepare and put a lot of effort and try to accomplish everything over the top even though 
it was really hard and it was a challenge that it was very complicated to achieve. Uh, then when I moved into university, um, the imposter syndrome didn't appear as often, but it was true that it did appear in a few classes and lectures, because when you study a degree that is so diverse and you tackle so many different subjects, it is really easy for this to appear because you're going to feel very good at certain topics, but very sort of fraudulent at others because you are not an expert. And it's obviously really hard to be an expert. And I realized that I was suffering from this imposter syndrome. And one of the main reasons why I was suffering from this is because our generation tends to be um, super perfectionist and tends to um, have everything under control or at least that's why what they have told us uh, the past few years this idea that you have to have everything covered up that you need to be good at everything that you you know need to be academically prepared but also very good at entrepreneurship and you also need to you know have your finance on top and uh, your personal life and your relationships and it is hard and that's why this fraudulent kind of feeling um can appear and it's really hard to sort of understand how it works and uh sort of you know put it back in behind so i had a few professors that actually talked to me about this uh imposter syndrome and i told them like you know what i do struggle quite a bit with this i'm not really sure if this is something that I'm just feeling and this is something that just must, my brain is telling me. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's if it's not true. And the complicated thing, or I would say the complex thing about imposter syndrome, uh, it's that it's such an intimate feeling. It's not like a disease or anything that someone might feel it the same way. It might be a very harsh thing for me and it might be something super chill for you. And it's really, really hard to know uh, when you're really struggling with it or when it's some, just something that it's happening once every, you know, few years and it's not a big deal and you can overcome it very easily. For me, it wasn't like that. It's not like it, it appeared every single time I had to do a paper, but obviously it did appear. And so if I had to, you know, do an exam or write a, um, an essay or whatever... I was probably halfway through the essay and this sort of feelings of you're not good enough. What are you doing? You're not an expert. Change the topic. Move on. Um, email your professor. All of these thing, thoughts um, appear and they just make me self-doubt so much and it just builds a lot. Um, I wanted to, to share with you some of the main things that I acknowledge that made me feel like I had imposter syndrome. The first one was to over-prepare. Um, when you feel like you're a fraud, you have two ways. Basically, our brain has two ways of tackling this. The first one is to over-prepare. So do a thousand readings, um, be you know over the top. So um, as much as you can be a fraud, you won't be able to because you are overprepared. And the other one is to procrastinate because your brain is telling you, okay, you're not good enough. So why the heck are you going to do more? Why the heck are you going to do the work if you're not worthy of it? In my case, I don't want to say luckily because I don't know if that's the best option. I did overprepare myself and sometimes I struggle a bit because obviously I was putting the time and I was putting the effort, um, but the results weren't the same. And my brain was telling me like, hey, you're not doing that well but you need to keep it, you know, you need to keep <laughs> uh, working. 
The second thing is that I wasn't good at evaluating my performance in a neutral and objective way. So this sort of led me into, okay, you're doing amazingly. There's no way you can do better or you're doing so bad. You're not even worth it. And that's not a neutral and objective way to evaluate your performance or the way you work. It's really, really hard and it's not really allowing you to, you know, be sincere with your work and with your value. And that's something that I have learned little by little. And I also struggle a lot to like share my papers and my work with friends. Um, I'm not the kind of person that will allow someone to read my essay easily because I do feel like it's very, it's a very vulnerable position for me. Now, more often, I do allow myself to do it, but I think it's such a such a process of believing in yourself and believing in your work um, that I highly recommend everyone to do it or allow someone in your family to do it. Like every time I share something with, for example, my mom to like, hey, can you read this? Believe me, like the stress that I feel um, because I feel like I'm being judged, not judged in a bad way, but like I feel like my my value, my worth is there. And it can be crumbled so easily um, and it can affect my self-esteem so badly that I don't want to put myself into that position. But sometimes if you want to beat imposter syndrome, it is so important to do it. According to evidence, there are some things that you can do to sort of beat this imposter syndrome cycle. There's one thing that really helped me and there's one thing that really didn't. And I want to tell you why and it might change for you. But for me, what really, really helped was to actually speak about it with friends and some family and also professors. Professors are probably there for you. They've probably gone through imposter syndrome students. They probably have struggled with it. In my case, I had two professors that really, really helped me out with this. One of them sort of taught me what imposter syndrome was. And the other one, I told them about um, this project and the different projects that I had in my life. And he told me like, what is really stopping you from from doing this uh, beyond what people will think or whatever. And I was like, you know what? It's this sort of um, voice in my mind telling me that I'm not good enough to do this. And he was super good at telling me like, hey, if you don't jump, if you don't do it, you're never not gonna know if you're good enough to do it. And that's something that really pushed me and that's something that really, really helped me. But on the other hand, there's something that uh, based on evidence, a lot of people tell you to do and it's to try to avoid it or to think about imposter syndrome. And for me, it's something that it really didn't help because it is it is part of my life. It is part of my self-esteem, my self-worth and the way I value myself. Doesn't mean that in a few years I I would beat it and I won't have imposter syndrome. But honestly, I think that the way I personally work and the way I see, I consider myself a perfectionist and very focused on details and managing a lot of stuff. I think that imposter syndrome will always uh, come to me um, because I do have confidence, but I'm always you know, doubting myself and putting myself, uh, like doubting my credit. And that is something that takes a lot of years to overcome and takes a lot of years to to overturn. So I do think that imposter syndrome is part of my life and trying to avoid it, it's really not gonna, not gonna work for me. Um, beyond this, uh, imposter syndrome tries to manipulate you and tries to manipulate your performance. So it's not really about, you're not worth enough doing this, but 
what you're going to do it because you're going to do it, whether it's an assignment or whether it's a relationship, it's going to make you perform worse and it's going to make you not feel as prepared um, to tackle that situation, which kind of messes up with you. So having said this, I want to tell you sort of the different things that I do once I realized that I had imposter syndrome to sort of beat it or to deal with it in a more healthy way. The first one, and I already mentioned this, is to acknowledge that you have imposter syndrome. So if you have been listening to this and you've realized that you had any sort of intrusive thoughts that I just mentioned, you've probably suffered from imposter syndrome. As I always mention, it is not a big deal as, as long as you don't make it a big deal, but it is good to know how to deal with it and how to build a good relationship with your mindset and with your self-worthiness, because that's what's really going to bring you um, happiness and self-worth in your life. And if you're like 20 years old, it is so important to do so. Um, the second thing is to find the root of the problem. And I don't think this is something very new. This is something that we all do with everything that we struggle um, in life. For me, finding the root was seeing um, what I was doing and what I wasn't doing and acknowledging the fact that if I over-prepare, I might suffer from imposter syndrome. And knowing that I'm in that part of the cycle where when anxiety and self-doubtiness come, I will always be more prepared than less prepared. And I won't uh, I won't go into the procrastination method, which I'm happy I don't, but I sometimes need to, you know, push back a little bit and be like, hey, you don't need to over-prepare a thousand uh, more papers just to make sure that you're not a fraud because you're already not a fraud. Um, another thing that you can do, and I always recommend this, and it is to speak about it. Um, as I mentioned, I did this with my professors. I sometimes do it with my friends. Um, I even did a presentation a few years ago at university about this situation because I felt like it was something that it was eating me a little bit, um, especially because it was at the beginning of COVID and there were so many things going on that I felt like I wasn't doing enough. And I'm sure a lot of people struggle with this. So just speaking about it. And even if you don't have someone you want to speak about it, you can always um, email one of your professors that you have like a little bit more trust with them or you can, you know, just say it anonymously. And believe me, it's going to help you so, so much. Another thing, and this it's so important, is to be aware of your surroundings. Most of the times, this sort of imposter syndrome comes because of comments or things that people say, not necessarily directly to you, even though it can be, but just in general, if you, for example, do a project with a team and a team member says something, this might directly affect you. And this has happened to me and it really does suck and people need to shut their their, their mouths. But if they don't, just be aware of your surroundings and try to find surroundings that are much more positive and good for you. And uh, rather than just, you know, having to be with that person that it's a little bit more toxic or at least the, the way they speak, it's a bit more toxic. Another thing that I always recommend is to work with affirmations. I know this sounds really, really cheesy, but for me, um, you know, looking at these affirmations that you can find everywhere, and I will put some uh, on my Instagram so you can find them, uh, and just repeating them out loud, it's so, so important because it will allow you to, you know, um, make your brain prepare for what's coming. 
um, one of the last things I want to say is that you need to be very aware of the relativity of the situation and they and prioritize it so give it so give the situation the importance that it has if you feel like you're a fraud because of whatever little paper that is not so important and you're gonna forget about it in a few minutes or in a few hours just try to relativize and try to prioritize it but obviously if it's a you know life-changing situation that it's going to make you so so different and it's going to change the path of your work or your job obviously prioritize that in a way that it's going to help you about that so with that I think I pretty much cover all of the things that um, I used to deal with imposter syndrome I know it's a very weird topic and I know you may think that it's really hard to deal with if you do have it, but believe me, it is not as hard as it seems. Once you acknowledge that you have it and once you understand the root of it and you see and find the pattern behind um, your imposter syndrome, you're going to realize that it's not so important. And obviously no one is a fraud. Literally no one, no one is a fraud as long as you know you are an actual fraud. But uh, when when you have this imposter syndrome situation, it's probably because you are over preparing or just giving everything, like doing everything at the last minute. And it's not so much about your surroundings, but really about yourself and how you see yourself. So I hope that this really helped you, that if you resonated with any any of the thoughts that I sometimes have about imposter syndrome, you can acknowledge it and you can implement any of these recommendations into your daily life. And with that, I hope you really like this episode and I will see you in the next one. Bye guys.